let's let's get things started then. Uh, let's let's get this train wreck started, shall we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome everyone to episode eighteen of the Whatnots Review Show. Uh, my name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you? I'm good, Kyle. How are you today? All technical difficulties aside. Yeah, man, I have <laughs> no idea what's been going on with our technical difficulties on this side. Mm-hmm. Eric and I couldn't, we, we started like half an hour late just oh. because I was trying to figure something out. Uh, we started 20 minutes late today. Uh, I'm still trying to figure stuff out and it just, every day it's something new. It's terrible. Oh. Um, besides that, though, I'm actually doing pretty good. Um, I had a good day yesterday. I went to the movies and saw, uh, what was it called? The scene, um, not, not sorry to bother you. It was the other one with David Diggs and his friend. They wrote it. Oh, uh, blind spotting. There you go. Oh, sorry. Major brain fart. (laughs) Um, I went to go see Blind Spotting, and that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, if you guys aren't familiar uh, with the movie, go look it up. It was awesome. It was hilarious. It was heartbreaking. Mm. Uh, there was some really really funny moments. There was some really really intense moments. Uh, David Diggs was one of the original cast members in Hamilton, um, mm-hmm. so you you guys might know him from that. Uh, and it's, it's, it's the story about this guy who is on his, he's on probation. He has three days left. And so he's trying to keep his head down, uh, and just kind of lay, lay low and not screw up. And his best friend is, he's, he, he's kind of a wild guy. Uh, (laughs) and so it leads to some interesting situations, um, but there's a couple times where it almost dips into a musical. Not <gasps> really. Like, it, it's it's not a musical. Um, but uh-huh. if, if it was, I would describe it as, like, a minimalistic musical at times. Ooh. Like, in, in their spare time when they're, like, at work and stuff, he, he'll, he'll start to, like, freestyle uh, and rap. And so he'll just start... He'll just start rhyming, uh, and they do it in the movie in 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 like in 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 climactic situations as if that's the actual dialogue they're having. Oh. Um, so they're they're actually somewhat rapping, and the music kind of intensifies, and the rap gets more intense. And yeah, it's it's good. It's really good. I loved it. Um, so highly, highly recommend it to everyone Great. out there. Good stuff. Good stuff. How about you, though? Speaking of musicals, last, yeah, speaking of musicals, last weekend after we recorded about All-Star Superman, yep. I went to a local theater and I saw a live production of Annie, and as soon as Daddy Warbucks comes on stage, all I can think about is Lex Luthor. <laughs> And then he mentions he is from a poor family in Hell's Kitchen, and then all I could think about was Kingpin. <laughs> yep. 
Yep. And there you go. The back of the the back of the programs for this local theater have a list of like the repertory, like every show they have ever done at this theater. And they do seven shows a year, and they've been doing it for a hundred years. Oh, so wow. there's a, a lot of shows in there. So I was waiting for the show to start, and I'm like just putting little check marks next to everything I've seen, and I counted it up, and I have seen 48 individual musicals at this theater, Kyle. Oh, wow. Nice. That's And like a lot of them are like shows like Wizard of Oz or Beauty and the Beast that'll get shown, yeah. they'll, they'll do a couple times, and they're shows I've gone back and I've seen twice, you know, the same production of them. So I've been there more than 48 times, but yeah. Just, just, it was boggling to put that into a number. I have seen 48 individual musical shows at the same theater. That's awesome, though. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. I So, when I go to the movies, I walk, uh, which mm-hmm. is, it's, it's a long walk, uh, but that's partly because I don't have a car, and I don't really want to pay for an Uber or to ride mm-hmm. the bus, um, but I always walk by, I I'm guessing it's a local theater called Firehouse Theater that mm-hmm. was made uh, out of an old fire station. Um, and I, I think yesterday they had a magic show going on there. They, cool. Yeah, they, 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 they had some stuff there. So I, I think eventually, especially since you're always like, I like theater. I'm going <laughs> to this play. Um I, I I might go some sometime, and instead of seeing a movie some week, I might go see a play. Who I knows? Highly recommend it. Like live theater is so exciting. It's good. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Well, if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this week on the review show we are talking about an anime, uh, mm-hmm. not a musical or a theater production. Uh, but we are talking about an anime called House of Five Leaves. Uh, each week here on the review show, we pick something new to discuss, whether it be a comic book, movie, TV show, anime, manga, or more. And we read it, we watch it, we do what we gotta do, come back here and talk about it. Uh, and you know what? I am not prepared for who, uh, produced this, <laughs> directed it. Let me, uh... Mm-hmm. Let me go to the interwebs here. See if I can figure this out. Come on, Wikipedia, don't fail me now. Um. Oh, sweet! It was written and directed by the same person. Awesome. Uh, so this is an anime based off of a manga, uh, which I have not Ooh. read. Uh, looks like there's eight volumes of the manga originally written by Natsume Ono is the person's name but the anime uh, was written and directed by uh, Tomomi Mochizuki mm-hmm. and the studio that made it was Monglobe uh, and it's only 12 episodes I've I've seen this once before this is one of the ones that I pitched um well, actually, this is a show that I watched on my own time as I was doing research for this show. Because I was mm-hmm. like, what's out there that I could potentially watch and pick? And I I, I found a list of a bunch of underrated anime. Cool. That, yeah, and I've, I've, over the past, like, two and a half years now, I've been watching some of them 
now and then. Uh, and this was one of the ones on that list. And I watched it. Uh, and it's a very interesting show. Uh, but I, I, before I kind of say what yeah. I think, I want to know what you think. Because uh, you were excited to pick this one. Yeah, it's not what I expected. It's different from the way you described it. Not that I feel like you described it inappropriately, just that it created a different image in my mind than the actual okay. product is. And it's different than a lot, than like every other anime I've ever seen. I went into it expecting certain stylistic and plot things that were not there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... Uh, it's quite a journey. Mm-hmm this anime uh so so what were you expecting you pitched it as like a samurai and crime show so i was expecting it to be a lot more action-packed okay a lot more intense i and... thought i mentioned it was a slice of life maybe <laughs> i didn't i think you probably did and i, I my brain just zeroed in on like gangsters like and samurais and i'm like oh cool it's gonna be full of sword fights <laughs> it isn't I it am is here a to avenge of... my brother. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting stuff like that, and it is all of these slow, ponderous human interactions yes. about things. Yeah, very much a slow-paced slice of life, kind of mulling over the mm -hmm. moral ramifications of yeah. what's happening and stuff like that. So, it's... To... Some people, I, I mm -hmm. think that may make it sound boring. And yeah, there isn't very much action, but I, I, I think this show, just as it continues, gets more and more interesting. Uh, yeah. It's like, whoa, what is really going on here? There's, there's, mm -hmm. there's kind of a mystery that develops as yeah. the show continues. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot different from. Uh, like another slice of life we did in uh, Kids on the Slope, uh, which is still about mm -hmm. that like human interaction, but there wasn't much of a mystery there, right? It, no. was, it was just like, oh, I sure hope they remain friends. Whereas this, yep. this was like, wait a minute, this guy's really not who he says he is. Mm -hmm. What is what is going on here? There's there's some kind of deeper thing going on here that I don't know about. Nope. Um, so yeah, it, it's this like suspenseful edge of my seat. What is happening? You know. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I, you did like it though. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm glad because uh, I, I rewatched it again. I was like, man, this is a lot slower paced than I kind of remember it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really like this one. It, it was good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess elevator pitch for people who may not have seen it. Uh, we follow this supposedly skilled swordsman, this samurai, mm -hmm. uh, who's kind of down on his luck. He just got fired from his job. So he moves to a new city and is looking for employment, having no luck. Uh, his name is Masamune. No, but. Masa no Soke. Um, mm -hmm. They just call him Masa for short. And as he's kind of out there uh, not having luck, 
he sees this guy who's just kind of real free, you know, nothing to do, uh, and he just seems to be happy. And he's sitting there with a beautiful woman. <laughs> he's just like, man, I want to be that guy. And mm-hmm. as fate would have it, that guy ends up hiring him as a bodyguard. And it's it's kind of more of a, hey, I need you to stand there and look menacing. I don't need you to actually do yeah. anything. Um, and as it turns out, this guy that hires Masa is, um, he, 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 Masa comes to idolize is a gangster. He's a kidnapper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he starts to have this kind of moral conundrum, just like, I, I'm really idling this guy for how calm and collected he is and how confident he is. And I want to be like that, but mm-hmm. he's a criminal. What do I do? <laughs> um, yep. And that's kind of the show. The, the the mystery that we mentioned is who this guy that hired him is. Uh, he goes by the name Yaichi. But as mm-hmm. the show continues, uh, his past kind of keeps coming up. And it's like, uh, I don't know who really is this guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's good. It's good. I um I I had a lot of fun rewatching this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so if you guys have not watched it yet, I highly recommend it. Uh, Melissa, did did you watch it online? You said you found it pretty cheap. I think yeah. on Amazon or something is where you found it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh ten bucks for the twelve episode season on Amazon, oh, which seemed yeah. like a fair price to me. That's and real good. I really, I'm old-fashioned, and I prefer watching things on my actual television set and not on my laptop. There you go. So, like, paying the extra bucks is worth it for me to just be able to click on my TV and just watch something there. Ten bucks is good, especially for, like, this is one on that list of, like, underrated stuff. Like, yeah, how come I haven't heard of this? This is really good. Uh, Mm -hmm. if, if, If you like interesting characters, good story... Uh, not necessarily drawn to action or stuff like that, and you just want a good story. Uh, this one I think is mm-hmm. gonna be right up your alley. Uh, that being said, if you haven't watched it yet, we're about to get into spoilers, so heads up on that. Um, if you guys did not know, we normally do this show live, we are live right now. Uh, we don't have cameras up because of technical <laughs> difficulties. And I think I mentioned that at the start of the show. We've been having a ton of them lately that we are still trying to figure out. And it's new stuff that we haven't really had before. So I'm just kind of like, what in the world is going on? Why is my computer doing stuff it's not supposed to? Um, so yeah, and there's no cameras on this episode, but... We do, if you missed the live stream, uh, we normally put this up as a podcast and up on YouTube the following week, uh, and if you don't want to wait, you can sign up at patreon.com slash the whatnots for a single dollar, and you can get things early. Uh, there you go. That was your time to go away and watch this show <laughs> and then come back, and you can now join us for our discussion here. Melissa, 
now that we have free reign to talk about whatever, <laughs> um, what is on your mind? What is something that stood out about this show that you want to start the discussion with? I want to talk about the dynamics of the actual House of Five Leaves themselves, which is the name of this criminal gang, these five members. Okay. And how I, I realized kind of by the end of the series, I wish this had been more Ocean's Elevensy <laughs> in that everybody had like a set thing that they did. And they kind of did. Like, Ichi's the mastermind. Ume's like, you know, a big kind of imposing guy. He can be muscle if you need him to be. He's and he's got the like heavy lifting transport. Yeah, and he's like the resource guy. Like they hide their kidnapping victims within his home and his tavern that he runs. And yeah. then Matsu is like a local craftsman, and so he has these appointments to like sell things to people and like uh, take commissions well, to make things for them and So let's back up a step. Uh, let's talk yeah. about what they actually do as a team first. Yes. Uh, so that way we can kind of work out. So it's not like, uh, so he has hair appointments. <laughs> um, so the House of Five Leaves kidnaps people and sells them back yep. to the families for money. Uh, but the only they only target kind of corrupt officials or landlords just richer people that they know have the money mm -hmm. or uh, people who are kind of fucking up the economy and stuff like that. Uh, just like they would be the ones to go kidnap uh, kids of Jeff Bezos who owns <laughs> Amazon and be like, hey, you're screwing up the economy. You're not paying your employees. You're doing terrible things to the brick-and-mortar stores that are here, and they go kidnap uh, the offspring or their relatives or something and sell them back to them. So um, mm -hmm. you guys are criminals, but you kind of have this kind of thing going on mm -hmm. here. Um so that's kind of what they're doing. And then, as you, you, you were eventually saying, they each kind of have their part to yeah. play in this. Um, and what was his name, the hairdresser guy? I'm uh, <laughs> terrible with names. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I wrote that one down. Matsu. Matsu. He makes these metal right. hair ornaments, so like little chopsticks and clips and things like that. And he'll go around selling them to people and, like, meeting with people to, I guess, make something yeah. for them, do these custom orders. So he's kind of, uh, he's got like a personal touch. Like he gets out there and he gets to know people and he gets in their home and he kind of cases things out. So like, that's kind of how yeah. he gets into, that's since, his angle, what he offers since, to the team. Since he's that like artisan metal worker, mm -hmm. most of his clients, they can, they can pay for his very mm -hmm. expensive things his hair pieces um so that that's how he gets in their houses and starts mm -hmm. compiling research <laughs> but what i was waiting for was um otake the woman to get a little bit more to do it i realized at the end of the series it wasn't a hundred percent clear to me what she did what she brought to the team that nobody else did yeah um she wasn't 
well, obviously they owned, I think she's, yeah, I think she's kind of one of the ones in charge at the Mm -hmm. brothel. Yeah, she says she used to be. She, she used to work at the brothel. You're right. It's very, very, very Mm -hmm. confusing. Um, I, I think it's also, it's another place for the members to kind of gather and meet uh and to i mean in in case there's customers Mm -hmm. at the bar um and they need to be secretive because the bar will only be open so late uh, yeah and if they need to do some stuff at night they might need to meet some other place to go so it might just be an extra location for them to operate out of yeah, I I liked her, but I did wish she would have gotten a little bit more to do than mostly just commiserate with the rest of the gang and, like, be their drinking she buddy might, and be their sounding board. She might also be an information broker. Mm-hmm. She might be the one that kind of has her ear to the streets because if she helps run the brothel, there's going to be all sorts of people that go oh, oh, in, yeah. in and out. And I don't know, like, I... I guess i've never seen it discussed but all of those traditional old schools old school japanese houses Mm. most of the walls are literally made out of paper like paper and wood so if anyone is doing anything everyone can hear it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and those um that gave me one of my favorite moments in the entire series which was something i had never thought about in my life which is like somebody gets killed or like gets injured gets hurt there's a blood splatter on one of the walls and there's no way to clean that off of a paper wall so they cannot hide that evidence so they know like the local officials are coming and what they have to do is she just has to take one of her hair picks and stab Ichi and they have to pretend like they're just having some lovers quarrel and then the police will be like, "Okay, well that's that's your private business. You folks continue, let us know if you need any help." And they're not going to investigate the actual crimes anymore. It's like, "Oh, I've never thought about that being an obstacle that you have like you cannot change your environment. A stain is there forever, literally, yeah. because everything's made out of paper." Well, I I think that was Matsu, right? That got stabbed. What was oh. it? Maybe I not. I don't remember who actually got stabbed. That person was kind of running from the cops yeah. and went in there to hide. Yeah, so she took her hairpin and stabbed him. Mm-hmm. And and then that was like, it's a lover's quarrel. Let him go. We mm-hmm. have no business here. You dirty cops, you. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, they were like, oh, shit, sorry, didn't, don't <laughs> mean to interrupt, uh, continue whatever you guys were doing there, <laughs> which is also yep. a weird hands-off approach, because yeah. nowadays, if a cop has probable <laughs> cause to go in there, which they yeah. did, uh, and in this show they went in there and they see someone stabbed... They're either going to be, like, guns out, swords out. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell is happening mm-hmm. here? Ah. Um, and they're just like, oh, not our business. We're going to stay out of this one. So, mm-hmm. th- yeah, that that was an interesting 
interesting turn of events there. Um, but yeah, I, I guess she might be their information broker person, mm -hmm. uh, hearing all sorts of stuff, uh, and then be like, hey, maybe we should go after these guys, uh, and that's yeah. when they send Matsu to investigate. Who knows? Yeah, and it doesn't have to be like everybody has one job and their job is just their job and nobody else can do that thing. It doesn't have to be that like individualized and segmented, but I do wish we would have had a little bit more of an example of this is what everybody's strengths are and this is what it looks like when everybody is working together and combining their strengths and let's watch the mechanisms of this whole thing move forward. Yeah, yeah, that I... I... I think would have been cool to see like I definitely would have 100% watched an entire show mm -hmm. on that and how they pu pull off these heists and yeah. kidnapping schemes um, but I that is not what this story is though no it isn't um, it's I I think in the sense of like ancient Greek plays this is absolutely a tragedy um it's because you 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 have these two characters that are kind of mm. revolving around one yeah. another and they're they're both kind of intrigued by one another um w one of them is masa the down on his luck samurai mm -hmm. wanting to be uh, wanting to get over his insecurities, his anxieties, all of that. Just wanting to be this calm and collected, very, very confident samurai. Uh, and then there's, yeah, there's Yaichi, who for the longest time, we don't really know what's up with him. No. He's just, you know, he's just like, this guy's kind of interesting. Yeah, as, as, as his past unravels he becomes the broken like down on his luck character did did you catch the reference back to the first episode uh at the end of the show yeah yeah this whole series opens up with that flashback and then they will return to that flashback at the end there's that but there's then uh when yaichi goes to hire masa Masa has basically given up. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, shit, I'm not going to find a yeah. job here. Uh, and he's at the temple shrine sitting in front of one of the pillars, just like down in his luck, looking like a homeless person. Mm -hmm. And and that's when Yaichi comes up and uh -huh. offers him a job. Okay, like uh, that. And he's kneeling in front of him and he has these dumplings on a skewer, mm -hmm. right? And he's he's like, I want to hire you. But then at the end of this show, the roles are reversed. Yaichi is completely mm -hmm. broken, and he he's just he has no idea who he is, because um, everything he's lived for was kind of wrong. It, like he he realizes it's not what it was. the 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 people that wronged him were not mm -hmm. the ones that he thought they were um mm -hmm. and he took on the name yaichi because he thought it was yaichi that wronged him but it was not 
and so just like everything he's lived for is gone so he's down on his luck and he's at that shrine in that exact same spot sitting there looking like a homeless person too Mm -hmm. and that's when masa comes up and offers him the dumplings uh and then they have that role reversal and she's like ah i see what they did there that's so good it's good um, and, and then they have that, like, yeah, I like, funny moment at the end when he is, <laughs> and he eats the, he eats the yep. dumplings. <laughs> yeah. I liked that bookend. I liked their relationship to each other. Yeah. How they were, they were genuinely very interested in each other, and they really had no business being around each other except for, like, the financial practicality of the thing. I need a job. I need somebody in my crew who can do this. But beyond that, they, they're they just intrigued by each other. It's just these two guys kind of circling each other, being like, what's your yeah. deal? Who are you? <laughs> that's that's exactly it. Just like, huh, you're kind of cool. Yeah. I wonder what you like, did like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And like somebody is talking to Yaichi, one of the other members in the crew, they're like, that's not like you. And he says, I know more than anyone that this isn't like me to bring a guy in really just because I'm interested in him and to, like, start to forge this friendship. But, like, he can't stop himself. Like, he has to have this guy around him in some capacity. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of like he it was there. They're two planets or meteors or something yeah. just crossing and their their gravitational pull starts pulling them in and they start circling one another. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's so it's interesting that they are basically complete opposites. And yeah. then by the end, their roles have reversed. And it, it, it's, it's not it's I mean, it's not necessarily that their roles have reversed, but they've come so far from where they started that it's. I mean, I mean, actually, I kind of struggled to e- even stay that. There's still that whole thing of Masa ru- running away from the fight. Mm-hmm. Still, his sister even eventually comes up, and uh, he's still trying to pretend like he's weak to this cop, which mm-hmm. isn't much different from him not pretending that he's weak (laughs) so like it's one of those things like they say he's a good samurai and his swordsmanship is unparalleled but there's very few times that we get to see it and when we do it's very fast and it's like okay well you just knocked the guy's sword out of his hand and that was (laughs) it and the situation kind of blew over which i guess in those times thing god that's how that happened right yeah um but yeah it's i don't know i i don't feel like he ever really got over his anxiety or stuff like that but i I, I feel like he's at least much more assured of who he is and Mm. his role uh in all of this yeah, at the end of the series, Masa is not a better samurai, but he is a more fulfilled person. Yeah, exactly. Like, he doesn't really learn anything in regards to his skill set or his job, or his life path, but just his personality and just his contemplation and his relationships with other people. He's like, I'm just going to try and take it one day at a time and not worry about the past. Yeah. Because that's what you seem to do. And of course, 
No, no. All Daichi does is worry about the past, and so he has to have his own message he was putting out there, like, echoed back at him for it to finally work on him and for him to try and stop worrying about all the trauma of his childhood and just keep going forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Um, did... Let me ask you this. Uh, without mm-hmm. giving you any context, did Yaichi, did his story remind you of anyone from any other TV shows or books or anything else? You're, you're smiling, so I think you know what I'm getting at now. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, uh, I love... Yeah, I love the story of I took on the person that wronged me in my youth because it reminds me of yep. Sawyer it, and and also Wolverine. Sawyer Lost, yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah. <laughs> Just a criminal who steals somebody else's name. Thank, uh, thank yeah, God that's something that gets you me. got that. I, I knew you would because we both love <laughs> Lost, but I was like, you know what? He really reminds me of Sawyer. Melissa's mm-hmm. gonna mm-hmm. love this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite aspects of it. Like, and even before Lost started, I remember my older brother, who's way more knowledgeable about comics than I have ever been. Like, after we saw one of the first two X Men movies, he's explaining to me, "Oh, you know, Logan isn't Logan's real name. He was born James, James Howland, Howland yeah. and then this this Logan guy like killed his parents, and then he went out on the run and he adopted the name of Logan, which was, I think, my first introduction to that trope out there. So the, like, it, you know, con lost and everything somehow, else always reminds yeah. me, yeah, con man who somehow wrongs or your family or something. So, mm hmm." take on that name to go hunt them down or have some sense of yeah i I guess some like weird revenge thing i I don't know just uh like some need to understand maybe Mm Hmm. i don't know yeah i always like that and i like that this had the bonus of his original identity like he's supposed to be dead like the kid he originally was is supposed to be dead, so he well, kind yeah. of so had to pick another name. Let's talk about him and what happened to Yaichi. Long story short, the same con that he runs on all of mm-hmm. these big fancy vessels, I think is what they kept calling mm-hmm. them in the show. Um, they, He's running the same con that happened to him. I guess he was I, I guess somehow he he was the son of an important family or mm-hmm. something like that and he gets kidnapped and as he well it's it's kind of revenge yeah too, we learn because um, he has this whole flashback scene where he basically chops off a guy's head with absolutely no mm-hmm. remorse um and i i guess it was i mean was that one of his brothers ah i don't know there's a bunch of them that said oh he's my brother in arms so i know they weren't a, a couple of them weren't actually brothers but they were like we'll make the youngest be the one to enact out the 
punishment on the guy who did uh, wrong. So that's why they bring out, uh, I forget his original name, but they bring uh, the kid who grows up to be the Yaichi we know. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, chop off his finger. And he raises his sword, and they're like, oh, shit, he's not going to chop off <laughs> just the finger. And he, he chops off the dude's head in, like, one swing, uh, mm-hmm. which is supposedly pretty difficult to do. So the fact that he could do it in one swing pr- probably means he was either somewhat skilled or that sword was very, very sharp. But yep. they're horrified that he killed this guy but and that he didn't hesitate. Yeah. It wasn't like they like what it was like he had no remorse at all no emotion and because of that that's when they're like oh shit we need to get back at this family and you know like right what has been wronged because that punishment was too much and mm-hmm. so they kidnap him and the guy that kidnaps him mentions that the one that sold him out was his only friend yaichi Mm -hmm. and so that's why he's angry at yaichi and so he takes on that name and when he's older he was running that same Mm -hmm. con down the road he learns though that yaichi was not the one that sold him out and it was most likely his mom like he originally thought it was um, but I, I guess they, I mean, I guess they don't really say if it was his mom or not, uh, but they just said it was not Yaichi, and that's kind of what breaks him. That This idea that everything he's been trying to live for and understand is just, was all wrong. It never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and it, his his family, I guess... I, I guess, like, at at the news of it was Yaichi that sold him out, um, he, he kind of gets this idea of, like, well, how about I join you instead? Don't, don't sell me back, mm-hmm. but I'll join you. Um, and, yeah, so they fake his death, and that was it. And, uh, yeah crazy backstory yeah and this story kind of becomes yaichi has to take the compass he has had pointing him through his entire life and just pick it up and throw it away and go get a new compass and he gets to be almost like a real friend for the first time in his life like masa gets to be his new like point north like okay This guy is going to anchor me. I've got a relationship with somebody. I've got somebody that offers me friendship, offers me hope, offers me kind of this fresh new start. Like, every day's a new day. Don't worry about the past. And that's also kind of what Masa gets from him in return. I've got a new path in my life. I have a new way of thinking. I have a a new, very good friend. Yeah, well... And he worries a lot less about being a samurai. There's a really good... uh exchange between the two kind of before all of that comes to light, or as all of that is coming to, to light where he's like look 
I learned to let go of my past because mm-hmm. of you. That's what you taught me, right? However, you're the one that's still living in the past. Like you're you're stuck here. Yeah. And I guess some people kind of knew he was in a gang before. They didn't know exact mm-hmm. stuff because they're all kind of criminals. So they're all just like, we're not going to poke around too much into other people's past and stuff. You know, we all know we did some bad things, but that was about it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and Masa is the one that kind of figures out what's happening. And uh, Yaichi uh, is... is you know not who he says he is and then with the cop that he also kind of befriends um who used to know the guy that grew up into yaichi mm-hmm. um he he puts everything together and he's you know he's like you're the one st- stuck in the past no dad what about you <laughs> um but yeah so <laughs> he 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 calls him out and there's this like fuck moment where he's just like i hate you right now but you're right you know um so yeah fascinating stuff what i thought was really interesting about masa and his story was that it was very different than what i was expecting based on other anime i've seen so masa he is very skilled, but he has no passion. He has no drive. And it's not like he was a great samurai at one time, and then there was some incident that traumatized him, and he's like, I, I can't I can't kill someone really with a sword bad again. Social anxiety. Yeah. Like he yeah. mentions that he just doesn't like people looking at him. Mm-hmm. And I am used to an anime like a shonen anime giving me a story about somebody that is not very skilled yet, but has a ton of passion and has a ton of drive and really wants to get out there and roll up their yeah. sleeves and get their hands as dirty. Lo- as long as and you so don't give have... up, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. And so to have a story about somebody who's like, I could do that, but it makes me very nervous and I don't really care about doing it was <laughs> like opposite. not what i was expecting at all i know a lot of people are watching my hero academia right mm. now and that's basically that character he's uh. not good at what he does but he's trying his damned hardest to become mm. the absolute greatest and he just he, he just won't give up no matter what he's just like yeah i can get behind that um yeah you know and it's, it's just this very meek modest mm-hmm. don't 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 look at me don't yeah like p- please he, don't look at me oh god his, they're looking at me <laughs> run away like his goal in life is to skate by he's like i just need to survive he's doesn't have like a goal he doesn't want to be a I champion mean, and he he knows that it's a problem though yeah and, and that's kind of what he's trying to get over he's still like he's not he's not trying to be the best that there ever mm-hmm. was you know like no one ever you know and he he's just like i i need to at least be confident in who i am and he's struggling with that and which is what do they call it in, in the show i think i i don't remember when this was made but i feel like social anxiety and stuff like that has 
come into kind of the public mainstream consciousness a lot more nowadays than it used to be. I I, I forget what they, what did they call it? Uh, Oh, at least in the one that I watched, I watched it online. They called it his personality. Like, this is just Mm. my personality. And and it's like, okay, that's a weird way to describe that because it's not really your personality. You just don't, (laughs) I mean, I I guess you can kind of get away with saying it's your personality. Like, this guy very, very, very obviously has social anxiety. Mm -hmm. uh, But he's just like, I wish I didn't have this shit. (laughs) Yeah. What did you think about the setting for this show? Because I kept, I liked how insular the show was. That it was just the small group of people and all of the conspiracies kind of wrapping around them, but it never expands out that big. There's never more than like seven people involved in anything. I wish I had a better sense of the type of city that was around them. Like I know they're in Edo. I know that was the capital of Japan at that time. But, like, if I didn't know it was the big city, I couldn't tell it was the big city by watching this show. I mean, they th- there's kind of some side comments and stuff mm-hmm. that this is, you know, oh, this is a bustling city, you know, let's go... <laughs> Let's go enjoy ourselves at, uh, at, at, you know, in the red light district. Uh, <laughs> and there's the whole thing about the Edo sickness. Like, yeah. this was kind of at a time when these cities in Japan were first starting to, or, well, yeah, like, starting to pop up. At, at, at least starting to be a main staple of how this is how life is. Um and so yeah, like the the whole Edo sickness is mm-hmm. kind of just I don't know if it was a real thing or not his, his, historically, but it seems like this mix of homesickness and claustrophobia. Yeah, like it's. I think I read. This might have been in one of the Amazon episode descriptions that I got this, that Edo sickness is a like a local nickname for something like beriberi fever. Like, it is a legitimate yeah, disease. I don't know what beriberi fever is. I don't know is. either, but that is, a, that is something I've heard before. So I'm like, it okay, that's, like a, that's a real disease. At least it was at some point. It sounds point. like Captain Crunch. <laughs> Oops, all berries. Beriberi be, be cereal. <laughs> Yeah. Berry berry fever. <laughs> comes comes with a free thermometer in every box. With the color changing spoon. Do you remember those <laughs> in in the? 90s? I have a color changing spoon. Fuck yeah! I have one right now. It's a Star Wars spoon. It's got a little plastic ray on top You're of amazing. it. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It. it it seems it it seems like they knew the story that they wanted to tell and they told it, and that was yeah. it. Like you said, it did not expand on how like 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 what how what they're doing mm-hmm. is affecting the city because it seemed like they ran those kidnappings fairly often. And yeah. They're always hanging around each other, <laughs> so you yeah. you would think if this one guy gets hired as a bodyguard 
you would kind of know his circle of friends. I mean, maybe not, but I mean, it's it's still like one of those things you would think, like ex- except for that one cop character, mm-hmm. who's kind of investigating them but not really like he's more so investigating yaichi just trying to find his old friend and that's it but like there really is no cop investigating them there's no you know there's no it's it's very concealed of just like we're we're gonna focus on these people and the relationship between masa and yaichi uh, mm-hmm. And I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think I, 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 I think if you're interested in that time period, and you know what it's like, there's tons of stuff you can go check out and read and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. I, I, it, it, it seems like this is, and I, 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 I don't know facts and names and dates on <laughs> historical Japanese stuff. Yeah, but I. I know that once kind of the era of the samurai was ending, there was this effort to kind of uh, like write down all of their teachings and stuff like that because they're like, oh, shit, Mm -hmm. we're dying out. No one's going to remember us. Um, And so they start to write all that stuff down. But when a samurai would go into a town, like they were kind of important, right? Like they – they they're kind of like the brahmin almost in B- buddhist philosophy like they would go into a town and uh whether they were begging or not like the the brahmin would b- b- beg but the people would okay, provide yeah. and give them food to the samurais right they would go into a bar and they wouldn't really have to pay and so the the fact that he is going into the big city and looking for a job and he's finding nothing means mm-hmm. that like samurai yeah. are, are are not what they used to be nowadays mm-hmm. uh, and he's still very very much wanting to have his strict code of conduct like, no i will be a bodyguard mm-hmm. um and he's desperately holding on to that and eventually he's just like well uh, is there anything else besides being a bodyguard? Maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, I mean, there's some in- interesting stuff that's happening at that time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I think it's a case of they knew the story they wanted to tell, and yeah. that was it. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. Like, I understand why it is so insular. It's just like a personal taste of mine that I really want to know what the setting is like. And I wrote down in my notes, I can't tell if this is a hotbed or not. It kind of is. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I wish I knew if the citizens were living in fear. <laughs> that would have impacted my viewing of the show. I mean, I don't know if I would say mm-hmm. that. But for the sake of it being that time period, uh, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like it wasn't uncommon to have this thing where, uh, yeah, you know, you wronged my family. There needs to be some kind of punishment. We're yeah. gonna kill one of your servants, and that was mm-hmm. that. 
you know that's that's how they conducted business i i think there was a level of fear that we don't know about today or Mm. maybe we don't you know uh i mean (laughs) maybe you do I don't know your life, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm an illegitimate heir. Like, somebody's <laughs> going to come for me at some point. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I... I don't know. Like, I, I guess I don't really know where I'm going with this. But, yeah. <laughs> well, um... Changing subjects a bit here. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the art, the animation and the artwork? I think the, like, the settings and the landscapes were really mm-hmm. beautiful. I I like the way they used lighting. I liked how a lot of times the weather was very specific. Like, it snows, and then you'll see snow still lingering on the ground. I liked, I liked that part of the way they talked about, the way they used setting. And the, the character designs themselves were interesting. It's very stylized. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I, sh- I struggle to find a word to describe it accurately. Because on, on one hand, I want to say they are, like, misshapen and grotesque. But they're not, really. Mm-hmm. I, I think, especially in the moment when you see Yaichi just kind of lost in thought and carefree not not lost in thought in the sense that he's like mm-hmm. brooding or struggling with how to deal with something but when he, there's times when his eyes are shut and he's almost asleep you know he's he he's mm-hmm. carefree he seems he's half asleep kind of yeah. lazy look about a lot of the characters um which is kind of interesting that it, it is that's what masa wants yeah this carefree look where i mean yeah it just looks like he's absolutely lazy and sleepy mm-hmm. but but even he is designed like that and oddly enough he has that connotation of laziness is and 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 sleepy that's what mm-hmm. other people see him as and that's mm-hmm. not what he wants and he he wants to seem confident and stuff like that but in a way that's carefree you know yeah so it, it it's an interesting choice of art i don't know it, it it's it's not my favorite uh mm-hmm. style but i I, th- I think it works for this yeah. one story. And again, it's only 12 episodes. Um, so it's 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 real quick, just, hey, here's this one stylized story. Have fun, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, did, did, did it... Did the artwork give off a certain vibe for you, or was there something that stood out, <laughs> or like a certain character that you were like, "Oh boy, that." Uh. <laughs> well, everybody's features—they've got mouths as wide as their entire face, and these huge, dark eyes, and like these long noses, 
and they looked like if we were watching an anime in any other style and somebody walked up looking like one of these characters, you'd be like, oh boy, something has happened to them. That's like an alien in that person's <laughs> body and they look wrong. But everybody here looks like that. <laughs> Is this what Ido was like back then? <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Is, Everybody is just looked gaunt and ghoulish. sickness that everyone is talking? Is this beriberi fever? <laughs> yeah, it was... When I was looking up the show, I did see a lot of, like, comments about it. It's like, the art's weird, but you'll get used to it after a couple yeah. episodes. And that's right, I did. But I could never exactly figure out if the art style was supposed to mean anything or represent anything like if there was a reason why everybody just has big black eyes i don't know and i couldn't quite nail that down um let me see here doom, doom, doom. do a quick internet sleuthing here <laughs> uh, the original creator um that's their most recent one. Let me see. I'm looking up the original creator. The Mandaka. Where is the show from? When is it from? Yeah. Um, 2010. <laughs> original run was okay. uh, from April 15 to July 1st. Okay. Um, hold on. Just a sec here. So the original creator was natsume ono that is the person it's a woman uh yeah. first gained her prominence through her 2003 web comic la quinta camera which was hmm. subsequently published by a japanese publisher several of her works have been published in english by viz media her most recent one is called lady and old man old man <laughs> Lady and old man manga. Let's see what the art style is like. Um, yeah. Huh. <laughs> that is an interesting art style. Let me see. <laughs> I'm not looking this up. I'm just looking at your yeah, own face yeah, as you're you look this up. Yeah, looking at my reactions. <laughs> um, I, I'm doing this. Interesting. Okay, so I have seen some of the art on this. The art is is very stylized, uh, hmm. much more so than in I mean, much more so in the manga as well. Uh, hmm. This is not your typical like anime manga style. Um, so yeah, a, a lot of times when anime studios will adapt a manga into anime they will try to at, at least mm -hmm. keep the spirit of the original creator's art style and the character d design uh, i mean they, they might change it a little bit just so it fits in animation better uh the manga is a lot more cartoony not in the sense that it is yeah. a cartoon i mean i don't know i guess I guess it looks cartoony. <laughs> oh, it's another thing I kept thinking. Much more hmm? graphic in like, okay. not in like a graphic violence way, but just like thicker lines. Uh, 
their eyes are these like big black circles they're uh the 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 line work yeah is just very thick um rather than the thin mm-hmm. anime manga lines that we we see something else i thought while i was watching the show that i just remembered because huh. i didn't write it down was that everybody's face looks like an exaggerated animated shock face but it's stuck like that all the time like they just have like the wide gaping mouth and like the big giant eyes like (laughs) (laughs) like it looks like a gag over exaggerated expression face in any other show but no everybody looks like that here i like it i I, it's especially the mangas i I may have to go read the manga now Mm -hmm. Uh, there's only eight volumes yeah. of the manga, and hmm. manga usually reads pretty quickly. If we do an episode yeah. on manga, we usually read three to four volumes. Um, hmm. So it should be a pretty quick read. So I, I, I like the style of the manga. Mm-hmm. It, it looks good. Yeah, I didn't mind the art style at all. I just couldn't exactly figure out why it was what it was. Yeah. Um. <laughs> One of my favorite animes, uh, they they do the same thing where they, they, they tried to keep the style of the original manga. Uh, and mm-hmm. they, the, the show is c- c- called Initial D. Uh, and it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, uh, sh- like r- r- racing cars and stuff. Think of like Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... The um, the character design, the art style is just so bad. It is <laughs> terrible, but I love it because it it's so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a, apparently the art uh from whatever the comments it was like they kept the same art style, but they this is a hell of a lot better than the mm. manga. So I don't know. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. Huh. Interesting. There's a lot of uh, manga made by women that I'm always kind of like, oh, huh, I didn't know this was made by a woman. That's pretty cool. Nice. Good for yeah, them. We could, yeah, we could do an episode on some female mangaka in the future. Yeah. We've, uh, I was going to say we've done, uh, Paul and I did an episode on Ramna One Half. Yes, uh, yeah, Rumiko I remember Takahashi. that one. Uh, yeah, I b- believe that's her name. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Cool. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about for House of Five Leaves? I just briefly wanted to throw out that I like the music. I don't have a lot to say about it. The I just like it. The music was interesting. I think it got better as it went on. Because uh, mm-hmm. I remember the first couple episodes. Something was happening. And it was a very uh, like tense, yeah. emotional moment. And it was this like upbeat, fast-paced thing. Yeah. And I was just like, what? <laughs> this, this, this doesn't fit at all. Uh but I, I I think as it went on, yeah, it was like, oh shit, maybe we should pay attention to that, and it shouldn't be the uh, 
the, the maybe it shouldn't be this uh this upbeat happy stuff all the time um Mm-hmm. I, I I do have to say I like the end credits song. Yeah, yeah. The opening and ending credits were shocking to me, just in how different they felt from the main show. I mean, like they did not seem like they would be a part of a straightforward <laughs> historical drama. Yeah, I mean, it's I I'd I'd say more slice of life. Yeah, and I I I feel like as much as it doesn't fit it it fits for mm-hmm. the, the, for like hey this is life do 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 yeah <laughs> this is this is what masa is aspiring yeah. to yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's the, the 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 first one is a little bit more subdued a little bit more melancholy uh mm-hmm. and i mean there's there's a lyric in this song where the woman singing um she says in English, "Show me your soul" or something like that, which I, mm-hmm. I, I think really encompasses what this show yeah. is about. And at the end, yeah, it's this like more happy, kind of upbeat thing, which I think uh, we we just mentioned is what Masa is hoping to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's good, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Um. I don't know if I really have anything else to say. Um, I think if you want more stuff kind of around this time period or similar stuff, I would check out uh, Ruroni Kenshin. Oh, that's a good recommendation. Yeah, anime. uh, That's uh, I I think a lot of people would would like that. Has some interesting stuff that is uh, fairly accurate historically here and there. they i mean they made up a lot of that story but like bits and pieces in there that are somewhat historically accurate like the oniwaba and garup and stuff like that um what else what else what else also just like that kind of like meek samurai who Mm -hmm. supposedly has really good skills you know um but ruroni kenshin actually does have some fucking amazing skills um and there's a lot more action in that also uh paul and i did an episode on lone wolf and cub oh Uh, yeah that is a manga that i absolutely adore uh if you're Mm. a fan of like akira kurosawa movies and stuff like that and the whole um like samurai type of thing check out that manga it is amazing um it's about this samurai who was framed for some crimes and his wife was killed in the process and so now he's uh wandering around uh eventually going to get revenge on the people that did this to him uh but he's waiting for the right moment but the whole time he has his baby with him uh Mm. he's like this murderous samurai uh, with a young child with, <laughs> with him there. Um, and it's fantastic. It is great. And it's supposedly uh, extremely well-researched and like, what was happening historically. Um, and I, I like, the political landscape, and I, I think some of the major players in that manga are based off of 
like historical figures from that time hmm. so that could be something that's interesting to check out yeah uh that being said yeah uh i really loved this i think it is underrated mm -hmm. like that list that i found it on said so thank you internet list that i found on some website that i do mm -hmm. not remember uh you did great <laughs> check it out 10 bucks on i think you said amazon yeah well worth your money uh yeah that being said i think uh i think things are going to be a little bit different this next week mm -hmm. uh again we normally live stream these every single sunday at 12 noon eastern time uh, and you guys can check us out at thewhatnots.com slash live streams or on twitch.tv slash thewhatnots. Go ahead and give us a follow there. That would be very much appreciated. But if you, uh, no, you, Melissa, are going to be busy next yep. Sunday. So we're going to be switching things up a bit. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't know if we're going to do it live. Um, yeah. We might just record it and send it out. If we do do it live, it's either going to be Wednesday or Thursday night. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, if not, we're just going to record it and episode will be out the following week. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess that is it. We'll keep everyone posted. What do you have for me for next week? For the lovely listeners, mm -hmm. for everyone following along at home. Because that's exactly what we want to encourage you guys to do each week here on the review show. Mm -hmm. Watch what we watch, and you yeah. guys can join in the discussion. What do you got? So, for next week... Because we're we're recording ahead of time because I'll be on vacation. I picked, I've accidentally picked three movies in the past, but this time I deliberately picked three movies because of our shorter time constraints. That's fine. And they're all pretty well known, easy to find That's movies, okay. and they're all under the very specific theme of youth of the past. Live the last days of summer. Youth of the past. Okay, <laughs> so I'm. Guessing this is like Stand By Me and. <laughs> oh, I want to see if you can guess the other two. Keep going. Oh, man, I have, I, have, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> that was like the, the, the one. Uh, unless it's like a similar movies to that. So maybe The Goonies? Oh, I didn't put Goonies on uh, there. Other ones kind of in that genre. Adventures and Babysitting? No, that's one I'm going to put up for later at some point. I'll keep that in mind down the road. <laughs> Breakfast Club. I'm just naming no, 80s movies. No, because they're in school. <laughs> no, yeah, but, okay. Uh, I mean, okay, so you... you... Uh, and one more. What's the one they remade it recently? Uh, Red October? with when the Red Dawn? Red Dawn, yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> Uh, it's not. It's it's not uh, the hunt for Red October, but I, I knew it was Red something. <laughs> the, the the one where the like Russians come and attack, and the kids yeah. have to like defend the school. Or mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm sure I'm wildly wrong on all of these, but still. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you I got you the first did one. get yeah you did get Stand by Me. This is a 1986 film directed by Rob Reiner based on a Stephen King short okay. story. 
and this is set in 1959. It is about four boys, last days of summer vacation, that's the theme for all of these, and these four boys hear about a dead body, like a, some- Let's go poke with a stick! (laughs) Yeah, they hear about, like, some friend of a friend of a friend, like, some other boy about their age who got hit by a train, and his body's just lying out by the train tracks, and they've got nothing better to do. And they're just, like, darkly, morbidly curious. So the four of them just pack up their knapsacks and hike out to see if they can find this dead body. And it's this charming but also troubling (laughs) coming-of-age story about them just walking around, being friends, asking each other questions. Like, if you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, Cherry Pez, hands down. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun moments like that. And then... Oh no, the local gang of Tufts is going to point a knife at us. Do you watch Community? Have have you seen I have that seen show? some Community. In season 1, their Halloween episode, uh Abed dresses up as Batman and he's mm-hmm. doing his Batman voice. So he's talking like this the entire episode. And uh <laughs> each of the episodes had like an end credit scene like in all the marvel mm-hmm. movies i guess they're all they're all yeah. fucking hilarious uh there's one where troy and abed it's uh it's basically donald glover and danny pooty and they're fucking hilarious uh mm-hmm. and he's teaching uh troy ch- childish gambi you know uh but, but but so he's he's teaching him how to do the Batman voice. And he's like, so it's like this? No, it's a little more like this. Uh, but then <laughs> after he's got it, he goes, if if you woke up as a donut, would you eat yourself without even questioning it? <laughs> <laughs> that that just re- reminds me of 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 that. Uh, if you could eat one food for the rest of you light your life, what would it be? Ooh, cherry pears. <laughs> yeah so that's, that's so, stand by me that's pitch number one that's pitch number one mm-hmm. what do you have for pitch number two american graffiti this is okay yeah this is i wouldn't have guessed that because <laughs> i haven't seen this one i haven't seen it either this is a 1973 film directed by george lucas this one is set in 1962 and this is also about a group of they're older teens they can drive they're about to go off to college This is a series of vignettes about all of these local teens and what they're doing on, like, the last night of summer vacation. So it all takes place over one night, and it's set in, like, 1962, so it's all, like, rock and roll and car cruising culture and, like, the prosperous America in between, you know, two different wars. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen this one. Uh, Interesting. I know it's... It's well regarded. It's I think George Lucas's first directorial feature length debut after like THX 1138 before Star Wars. There was this. Sure. Yeah. So that is pitch number two. Lucas before he became Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and pitch number three is one of my favorite movies. Not to sway you. You're welcome to pick any of these. This is one of my favorite movies. It is Wet Hot American Summer. Okay, I haven't seen this one either. <laughs> it's great. It's from 2001, and it is set in 1981 about the last day of a summer camp. It's a comedy, right? Yeah, it is a big 
wild, bonkers comedy. And it's mostly a spoof of, like, teen sex comedies. Like, oh, it's the last day at camp. I gotta get laid by the cute girl before I go home. And also, like, more young adult camp adventures. Like, we have to beat our rivals from the camp across the lake. It's a lot of that stuff jammed together with a lot of other (laughs) bizarre plot points threaded through the whole thing. And it was created by... um, Amazing. David Wayne and Michael Showalter and a lot of people from the late 90s, early 2000s sketch comedy group The State. And this is packed with comedic stars. It's got a young Amy Poehler. It's got both Paul Rudd and Bradley Cooper. So there's two superheroes in this. There you go. So many people are in it. Joe Lutrulio from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. H. John Benjamin plays a can of vegetables. Christopher Maloney's in it. Didn't so many people? Didn't they hmm? do a sequel on Netflix? Didn't Netflix do something with yeah, the original yeah. cast? Yeah, Netflix has done two TV series based on this. That's so um, funny. The movie itself is the last day of camp, and so they did a short series that was the first day of camp, and they also did a short series that was ten years after that last day because that's how the movie ends. Everybody's sitting around and they're like, "We should try and meet back up here ten years from now and see where all of us are in life." That's so funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> huh. Uh, Stand by Me, American Graffiti, or what was the name of this third one? Wet Hot Wet American, Hot American Summer. Summer. There you go. Um, I'm gonna do that one. Wet Hot American Summer. Yes. Good. Thank you. Sounds I, I hope wacky enough. You. I've heard good things i've heard very good yeah i hope you enjoy it and it's not us reconvening in a couple days and you're like why do you like this thing that was crazy and i'm trying to convince you that it was crazy in a good way that would be a good episode (laughs) no that would would be good content like what the fuck is wrong with you why do you like this and you adamantly being like no you don't understand so in this scene blah 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 blah, you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> okay, so wet, hot American summer for this next week. Again, we might not live stream it. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the Whatnots for any updates. We'll let you know if we are. Um, if not, we are gonna pre-record this, and it'll be out uh, whenever the next podcast is out i I guess we're Mm -hmm. live streaming this so the episode that just came out to the day that we're live streaming this was episode 17 that's up on Mm -hmm. podcast services right now or on youtube and whatnots.com next week will be uh the one we just live streamed uh before that we'll be a little bit into august at that point uh cool Sounds good. Uh, again, you guys can usually catch us live at thewhatnots.com slash live streams. Uh, if you miss that, uh, you can get this as a podcast or on YouTube the following week. Or if you like our shows well enough and you think we deserve some support, you guys can go to patreon.com slash thewhatnots. You can throw us all of your hard-earned money. Uh, that way we won't have to kidnap your children and sell them back to <laughs> you. Uh, that way yeah. our shows can continue to grow. Uh, and mm-hmm. that way we can keep the lights on here. 
so yeah, I need if you all like that what money we for got going metallic on here, hair ornaments. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's let's buy all the metallic hairpins that we can uh, with your support. Uh, <laughs> so that means uh, sign up at the like hundred dollar level tier. <laughs> Uh, and we can make that dream come true. Uh, you guys can support us for a dollar a month, mm-hmm. and that will get all of our episodes early for you. Uh, you guys can enjoy those basically before anyone else does, uh, and hopefully some cool other stuff down the road. That being said, Melissa, where can they mm-hmm. find you on the interwebs these days? You you can find me on Twitter at WilkyWit, W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. There you go. And you can find me at Hush315. Uh, again, you can find all updates for all of our podcasts uh, at The Whatnots on Twitter. And you can go to thewhatnots.com for more info, all of our podcasts, and uh, hopefully soon some articles and reviews or something like that we'd like to get Mm -hmm. more of that kind of content up there as well uh that being said hope you guys enjoy your week this week this has been the review show we will see you guys next time adios guys bye